Good evening and welcome back to another episode of Please Call Me Crazy, brought to you by Free People Radio and now powered by our first sponsor, TireGit.com. That's TireGit.com. You have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from us and help fund the movement, help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, for episode number 91, I believe it's 91, fast approaching 100. We're going to do a special 100th episode, um, special uh, celebratory 100th episode for everybody out there who is following the podcast, who has continued to support the podcast, who listens to the podcast on the audio platforms, who watches their own Rumble, who watches on War Room. We have to send a special thank you almost every episode to the great, great Steve Bannon, Maureen Bannon, and Grace Chong for allowing us to stream the podcast on the War Room uh, Rumble page and Getter page uh, with the entire War Room posse being able to to enjoy the, the podcast and, and go on this journey with us. Uh, we are certainly happy to be able to reach all of you uh, American patriots. It's our duty now to save the country. Um, for all of the uh, the people who are out there who listen to the podcast, I know a lot of people listen while they drive. A lot of truckers are driving late at night and, and listen to the podcast as they work. We appreciate all of you as well. Um, we would ask that you subscribe to the channel, even if you want to continue to listen on the audio platforms. Subscribe to us everywhere you can. If you can, um, all of it uh, uh, helps us to be able to continue to make this content and have this conversation. I want to thank the great Jason Whitlock. I was just on his show earlier this evening. If you didn't catch that, please go subscribe to the to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. And the, and the great Jason Whitlock has a conversation going on on his YouTube channel that's unlike any other in the world. Um, you can find our podcast on band.video. And I want to thank the great Alex Jones for allowing me to host my content on his site uh, and, and being able to host his show, which I did last Sunday night or this, this previous Sunday evening. Um, so I'm involved with with incredible, incredible people um, that have incredible platforms and they are, are building, nurturing incredible conversations that are really changing the entire world uh, and they will change the entire world. But first, we have to save this nation. And then I want to talk about that today. I want to start there today. Over the last couple of weeks since this latest Trump indictment down in Fulton County, Georgia, there's been a, a bunch of energy that has has bubbled up on the internet um and 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 started to it started to bring the question about blacks for trump in 2024 so as a black man who supports trump for 2024 i feel uniquely positioned to talk about this and even even more uh you know even even more so uh, this is the vision that that the great steve bannon had for uh, an eventual Donald Trump's presidency, but but even even more broadly than that, this is the vision that the great Steve Bannon has had and has continued to develop for the American nationalist populist movement, and it it just it it literally touches me that I've been able to go on this journey with Steve, uh, and I think we're going to have him on next week. That I've been able to go on this journey with Steve and see his commitment. Uh, to this political strategy when many of the high level donors, the high brass in the Republican Party, the 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 naysayers have lined up against him and even uh, tried to railroad him, railroad him, railroad him and 
use political prosecution to stop this, this very moment. This very moment is why Steve Bannon was indicted. This very moment in American history where the question about blacks for Trump has bubbled up organically on the Internet by the corrupt actions of this establishment, their elite and their political prosecution. This is the very moment that Steve Bannon and, and myself and many others have been been working on and developing over the last, you know. Since 2016 for Steve. But myself, since 20, 2021, 2020, over the last couple of years, certainly since I ran for Congress against Ilhan Omar, now I'm running for Senate here against Amy Klobuchar in, in, in the great state of Minnesota. But this is the vision that, that many have seen. And I'm happy that it's coming to fruition. I'm happy that it's starting to really, uh, you know, stand up on its hind legs. And there's a long way to go, don't get me wrong. But we live in a culture, we live in a time in human history where, um, Things move quick. Things have the potential to move quick. And certainly culture has the has the potential to shift quickly. Um, we have a hand in that. We have a role in that. We have the ability to affect that, to impact that. And I can't thank Steve Bannon enough. I really can't thank Steve Bannon enough for having the vision and the sacred honor and the national honor to keep a place open for black people in a future, a nationalist, uh, the future of a, of a nationalist America. Because make no mistake about it, long ago, long ago, really in the 1960s, we traded our Americans to black people. I'm gonna talk to us first. We're gonna get through a whole gamut of things today. And a lot of you may not like me. A lot of you may unsubscribe. A, might, a lot of you might say, ah, fuck that guy Royce, he's an asshole. Or, you know, he's, he's delusional or whatever you wanna say. I, don't think I'm particularly delusional. In fact, many of the people who I'm involved with on a daily basis would would testify that I'm rather uh, sane, logical, reasonable, level-headed um, around all things. But but certainly when it comes to these these political discussions and cultural discussions, so um, you you cannot like me for what I'm going to say today. That's totally fine. I'm not in this for uh, friends, for followers, for fans. I'm in this to tell the truth and in hopes that. Uh, the future for America is a future that is based on a foundation of truth. That's where we've really gone wrong here in our past. The momentum of moral hazard that stems from lies and corruption and the complacency with lies and corruption. But let me start with the black community. I want to deal with my own first, if I can. And then we're going to talk some about the Republican Party and, and what I see going on inside the party. And to preface this, if any of you haven't yet, you should go back and listen to the Twitter space that Jason Whitlock hosted last night, um, Blacks for Trump. And we had a number of, of, of black conservatives on that Twitter space. It was about a two and a half hour uh, uh, event. And, you know, a, a lot of points were raised. A lot of things were discussed. A lot of things uh, were, were disagreed upon. And, and then, and then you know, we found common ground. And it, it was just a, an incredible conversation between some leading black conservative voices. And I'm, I'm proud and happy that I was a part of that. Um, but the question again rose, came, came up, blacks for Trump, is the tide changing? Is the tide changing? Are black people open to the possibility of, of voting for Donald Trump? And the obvious answer is yes. I mean, if you're jacked in to the zeitgeist, right, to the conversation online, 
which is where most of the conversation is happening these days. There's no, no doubt about that. If you're jacked into that conversation, you can see slowly but surely that, that black people um, in, in some, let's say, unquantifiable number, it's hard to really quantify, but, but you can definitely see that there's a lot of traffic and there's a lot of, of, of momentum building in the direction of Donald Trump with black Americans. And that's a great sign. That's a great sign. The work is not done. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discuss something, something that I think needs to be discussed here and now on the front end of this. Um, yes, the tide is changing. But many black people, many black people suffer from a lack of understanding around one fundamental concept, citizenship, and, and the value of citizenship. And many of us have been sold this dream, primarily black women, have been sold this dream that the expansion of the federal government, the infinite expansion of the federal government is a net positive for them. And black men have gone along with it because black women, um, they, they own a lot of the political, cultural, and most importantly, sexual capital in the black community. And Politics has, has often been such a laissez-faire sort of endeavor in the black community anyway that many black men are unwilling to have serious conflict within the home with their black women to rail against the, 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 the normalcy of Democrat policy. Um, that's starting to change. Why? Partly because the Democrat Party, the, the Democrat elites, the neocon, neoliberal elites that includes many rhinos and and people who say they're Republicans, but are in fact Democrats, liberals, neoliberals, um, that establishment has promised the black community certain things. They've promised them a level of prosperity and a level of wealth. And they've, they've constantly used the Republican Party as the juxtaposition to, to, to excuse them not delivering on that promise. You know, we promised the black community this, but the Republicans are stopping us. We promised the black community that, but the Republicans are stopping us. We promised the community, the black community, all of these things, but the Republicans are stopping us. Well, that's only going to go so far with men. I mean, you can give, with all due respect, with all due respect, you can give women false promises and you can continue to tell them some excuse as to why you weren't able to deliver, but men have trouble swallowing that pill over a long period of time. And that rubber's meeting the road. And now they've made the mistake of, of allowing the American culture online in the casino. If you've been a part of the podcast, you, you've heard me talk about how the psychology of social media was built around um, casino game theory. Uh, you know, a lot of it was built around casinos. Going on Facebook is like spending time at the slots. It's the exact same sort of psychology in many ways, especially when you talk about the user interface. But but so, you know, they've made a lot of of the the modern political culture in America, uh, a lot of the modern culture in America, hyper political. And so when when the conversation gets in the political, you it's, it's going to be human beings' natural intuition to critically think in some shape or form about those topics and where black people in previous 
generations and previous decades and previous times in American history were maybe focused on other things. Now the gravity of our gaze is is hyper political, just like everybody else. Things are becoming hyper political. So now black men uh, of all people are paying more attention to politics. And, and in doing so, we are starting to see the inconsistencies. We are starting to see the contradictions of the promises and the narrative that's been that's been given to us by the Democrats and by the liberal mainstream media. And so there are many black men who may not yet be willing to say, hey, I'm going to vote for Donald Trump or or I'm MAGA, make America great again, or I'm willing to vote Republican even, or I'm willing to, to be neutral. But there are a great number of black people who are saying, hey, the Democrats are full of shit. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a sign of a tide change, of a sea change. Now, before black people can, can make the full walk across that Rubicon, we have to get clear about a few things. Number one, you have a uh, you you have a citizenship. We all have a citizenship of a nation wherever we are a citizen of a nation. And that citizenship has a value to it. And that value is made up of some fundamental things. Obviously, your rights. Right. And, and uh, you, you could say um, the, the dollar, the economy of that of that nation. Uh, and you could also say the overall and general security of that nation. Absolutely. All of those things make up the, the baseline value of your citizenship. And I, as, as, a, as an American patriot, tend to think, man, we have a pretty good baseline uh, citizenship value. Our, our American citizenship is, is unique and it's special in its value. And, and part of it being special is the success of the American economy in the history, the success of our innovation when it comes to technology and, and you know, using technology in a defensive capacity or when necessary, an offensive capacity. Our military progress has, has been a, a high point of American citizenship. Nobody wants to attack us here. Okay. Nobody wants to really get down, throw down with America when it comes to war. In fact, our arch nemesis, China, is is hell bent on waging an asymmetrical war for that very reason. Nobody really wants to go guns up with America. That's a benefit to your citizenship. Um, and and but but more importantly than both of those fundamental things is our rights. Our rights are granted to us by a creator. They're not given to us by God. I mean, they're not given to us by government. They're not given to us by man. They are granted to us by God, by a creator, which makes them inalienable. This is a very unique, unique form of, of citizenship, different than Russia, different than China, different than many, many other nations. In the CCP, your rights aren't guaranteed to you at all, let alone by God, because well, they don't believe in God, obviously, but they really and it's not by accident that their lack of faith in God and the formulation that one's rights is granted to them by a creator starts to represent itself or, or rear its ugly head in how they treat their citizens when it comes to rights. Their rights don't really exist. Their rights are arbitrary at the whims of the CCP and the government whenever they decide. Right. And, and we, we don't we don't have that same problem here in America at that level. So black people have to understand that the question is American citizenship or global citizenship. American citizenship is citizenship and global citizenship is really no citizenship because there is no global community. 
There is no global citizenship. There is no value to a global citizenship. In order to have citizenship, it has to have some type of constraints where somebody can actually um, reap the benefits of it. If not, it's 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 nothing. It's it, it it it's it's fairy dust. It's it's a fugazi. It doesn't exist, right? If the citizenship isn't constrained to a, a place or time, then there's really no way to extract any value from it or or to to have any measurable benefit. And that's not by accident. It's not by accident that our global elites want you to view yourself as a global citizen. Therefore, they don't have to they don't have to they don't have to render any of the promises that they've made and they can continue to devalue your standard of living, your cost of living, your, your citizenship, uh, however far they need to, to, to stay in control and to, to keep you on the Ferris wheel, to keep you in the amusement park 24, seven, 365. And that's what they plan to do. And in fact, the, the greatest Ponzi scheme in American history is not the federal reserve, that would be number two. The greatest Ponzi scheme in American history is the psychological brainwashing that technology and the advancement of technology and the convenience of technology is an adequate substitute for freedom. That trading convenience for freedom is not only adequate, but it's the only thing that makes sense. That is the greatest Ponzi scheme being waged right now against you, and it may in fact be the greatest Ponzi scheme ever waged in human history, that the rise of technology and all the convenience, all the superficial, all the superficial benefits that it, that it is intended, that it is crafted, that it was engineered to, to, to make you believe in, right? All of these superficial benefits are, are, are something that you have to have. They're essential. There's something you need. There's something that you can't go without. There's something you should trade your freedom and your rights and your citizenship for. Of course, we're going to go to universal basic income. Of course, we're going to go to free Wi-Fi for everybody. Of course, we're going to get a give a cell phone to every single living, breathing human being on the planet. Of course, we're going to put a chip in your brain that makes it all so connected. And we'll put you in a 15-minute city. And, and we'll, we'll put you in an electric vehicle and we'll put, I mean, give me a, you guys don't see it. They're building a rat maze. They're building a rat maze for you. And when that rat maze is finished, you will be experimented on. You'll be experimented on in ways you don't even realize. The same way you're being experimented on in ways you don't realize right now. But it can get worse. It can get much worse. The, the, the plausible deniability can get much greater in their favor. If I put you in an eight by eight micro apartment in a line city and you can't move, you can't purchase, you can't think without me knowing about it, what does that make you? I think it makes you a slave. But hey, feel free to feel free to tell me I'm wrong. Like I said yesterday in, in the in the Twitter space with Jason Whitlock, y'all stop me when I stop telling the truth. I have no problem with it. Tell me if I'm wrong. That sounds like a prison to me. And it's what they're promising you. 
right? You know, first they promised you to redistribute uh, redistribute the wealth. Then they promised you that you were going to have, that they were going to eradicate racism. Now they're promising you that they're going to eradicate climate change and that they're going to eradicate inequality for the LGBTQ and all the black trans lives. I mean, give me a break. These promises are getting as outlandish as they are undeliverable. They're undeliverable. These promises cannot be delivered on. And I, I don't understand why we would continue to vote for a party by default that can't deliver on anything that they're promising us. We have to ask ourselves how we view ourselves, how we love ourselves, how we believe in ourselves if we would allow somebody to pimp us like that. Shout out to the great Ice Cube who said, what are we getting for the vote? I mean, that's the most basic question you could ask. And a lot of people, a lot of people tripped over themselves to jump up on the stage, on the at the podium, on the microphone and call him a sellout for asking the basic question. What are we getting for our vote? I'm willing to go talk to anybody to negotiate a fair deal for our vote. And the reason why the black bourgeoisie sellouts ran to the podium, got up on the microphone and called him a sellout is because they know, they know that we're getting a terrible deal for our vote. They know the Democrats can't deliver on the things that they've promised. They know the Democrats have no intention to deliver on the things that they've promised. So any examination of the deal for our vote as the black community would ultimately and logically result in somebody saying, not only are we not voting Democrat based on what they're doing right here in the present, it's, it's, it's logical for us not to vote Democrat based on the things they've promised and the corruption, the levels of corruption they've went to, to not deliver on those promises. And they've gone to a pretty high level of corruption not to deliver on those promises. And so black people have this 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 political wedge issue, this political wedge issue about reparations. Well, let me be clear about reparations. Let's let's start here. Let's go right down the pipe, because the question that popped up yesterday is Donald Trump. Is there is there potential? Is there opportunity for him to expand his 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 likability or his resonance with the black community and, and, and you know, uh, you know, win the black vote? And reparations is the issue. Now, black people, let me let me help you out with something. The and I guess I'm talking to the Republicans or the, or the conservatives as well when we're talking political strategy. But let me help you out with something. If you're willing to take cash. If you're willing to take cash in a society where the elites that you vote for have intentionally bankrupt the currency, you either are dumb or you're in on it. You're either ignorant. Or you're in on it. I'll say it again. If you are willing to take, if you are willing to take cash reparations in a society where the elites who you vote for, who you've voted for, that you are asking for reparations has intentionally devalued the currency, you either are ignorant or you're in on it. For me, it doesn't matter. The net result's the same. The outcome is the same. We're getting fucked. Okay, so we don't want cash. We don't want cash reparations. That's number one. You you have to you have to understand these basic fundamental political truths in order to even have these conversations about a big idea like reparations. Okay, stop selling yourself short. Black people, you have a citizenship. There is one party that wants to expand the federal government into infinity. 
as the federal government expands, your citizenship will start to shrink. It will start to be so small, it's nothing more than an ant beneath the boot of the establishment. And that's exactly how they want it. And anybody who wants to negotiate on behalf of that, anybody who wants to, who wants to shill or advocate for that type of citizenship, you know they're in on it. They're either ignorant or they're in on it. And if they're in on it, they're probably getting paid handsomely to tell you that bullshit. And there are a lot of black bourgeoisie sellouts who are being paid handsomely to tell us that bullshit. We could go down the list of names, but I'd be here for an hour because there's that many of them. Pick one. Go ahead. You can name them. Pick one. The black bourgeoisie sellout, chances are you throw a name out, they're getting paid handsomely. If they've been put up on the stage, if they've been given a platform, if they've been given a microphone and a spotlight to talk about political, to talk about anything, and, and sometimes it becomes political, they are being paid handsomely by the same establishment that all of you claim is riddled with white supremacy and racism. The whole system is guilty. The whole system is racist. The whole system is ran by white supremacists. But we want to expand that federal government? Make it make sense. Connect the dots. Connect the dots. Why would we want to expand the federal government if it's, if it's inherently if it's inherently or systemically racist. How does that make sense? It doesn't make sense, black people. Wake up. Wake up. You've been lied to. Don't, don't insult your own intelligence this way. Don't, don't, don't beat yourself up this way in, front of, in, front, in, in public. Don't come to the public square and behave this way. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It makes me want to spit on the floor. I, f I find myself spitting on the floor all day long watching you bourgeois black sellouts come up to the podium and sell us this fucking bullshit and watch you black people follow behind like sheep. I spit on the floor all the time. And I really, really, really want to have a kind, amenable, cordial conversation with a lot of you people. But th we're at the point where there's nothing more I can say. You actually tell somebody that that you, you actually let somebody tell you that expanding the federal government is a net positive for black people in this country. The same federal government that's ran your currency into the ground and traded your jobs overseas for some international omnisexual citizenship. Give me a break. Look at the cities that look, look at the cities, look at the cities and the damage that has been done as American manufacturing has left our shores. And you're going to let them tell you that all of those black jobs, all of that black financial and, and economic prosperity was sacrificed in the name of climate change and environmentalism. Are you fucking kidding me? Meanwhile, there's a pollution. There is a, there is a, there is a, a, a greenhouse pollution, a, a, a pollution cloud that you could see from space hovering over China. And at the same time, they want to give China dominance or control over the international health Decisions that are made? I mean, come on. You can't, we can't be this stupid. Okay, switching gears. Let's talk about reparations from the other end, if we can. And now I want to talk to the white conservatives. And I think, I think the white conservatives really need to grow the fuck up. Grow up. Grow up, please. I mean, right now, we have to make a decision. It's, bo it's both sides. The future of America hangs upon, it, it hangs uh, it hangs in the balance. It rests upon the shoulders of black and white people in this country coming together with the help of the Hispanics and Latinos. But really, this is a black or white issue. And the reason why it's a black and white issue, because it's a black and white narrative. 
And whether you want to talk about race or not, whether you think race is, is important or not, whether it doesn't matter what you think, let's talk about what is. Remember, facts don't care about your feelings. So I don't feel how, I don't care how uncomfortable you feel with talking about race. The fact is that the liberal mainstream media industrial complex has used the race narrative to drive a wedge between working class people in this country. And that is one of the biggest political weapons ever developed in American history. And it's a very fruitful weapon. It's, it's really a well that never runs dry, isn't it? Because we can't seem to get ourselves, we can't seem to get ourselves past very, very basic, basic historical issues. One of them is reparations. And right away, you'll see in the comments, if all, for all the places where the live chats, the people who immediately go, I say no to reparations. They're in on it. Either they're d ignorant or they're in on it. Simple. Get the fuck out. Go caucus with the Democrats, you dumb cuck motherfucker. Okay? Now, again, let's get a few things clear with the reparations argument. Anybody who would suggest that there should be a special tax on white people is fucking dumb. They're either ignorant or they're in on it. Anybody who would say that white people specifically should have to go into their personal net worth to pay back black people are fucking dumb. They're either ignorant or they're in on it. But nobody's really saying that, at least nobody who you should take serious. When I'm talking to you, you better fucking take it serious or you can turn the fucking channel. And that goes for being in person, too. When I speak to you, 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 you show some fucking respect and take it serious because I'm not doing this shit for fun. I'm not doing this shit for thrills. I'm not doing this shit to make myself feel better. I'm doing this shit to save a fucking country. And all these conversations that I'm having and the ideas I'm sharing are in the interest of saving the fucking country. So you will take it serious. It's not optional. Okay? Anybody who has a conversation about reparations with any reason, especially myself, aren't talking about cash reparations. Now, when you go to the place where they're talking about reparations, you'll still see a lot of black bourgeoisie sellouts advocating for cash reparations. Those motherfuckers are in on it. And they're being used to caricature a potential reparations proposal so that white people in the country will feel threatened by it. Don't be a fool. Don't let that, don't let them, don't let them do that to you. Don't let that work. Let's, let's move past the superficial surface of, of, of bourgeois sellouts and get down to the nitty gritty so that we can save the country. And if we, if we want to save the country, when we look at the, the history of the country, let's just, let's just be clear. Black people were not the only slaves. We were the majority of slaves. We were not the only slaves. So how would everybody feel if we opened the rep reparations proposal up to anybody who ancestors were slaves. I'm totally fine with that. I would love, I think that's a great idea. In fact, I'll even throw another bone. I think that the Civil War veterans, that the, that the people whose, whose ancestors fought in the Civil War, either on the Union side or the Confederate side, should also get reparations. Oh, yeah. Civil War soldiers, reparations for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 
if you were white, if you were Asian, if you were uh, Mexican, Native American, and Native Americans, they they already got huge concessions because what was done to them was, I mean, significant. So we 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 already made the decision as a country that Native Americans were going to be taken care of, and it's 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 reflects not so good in their in their communities and what what is going on in their communities with mental health and and drug and alcohol abuse and and all these other things that that trouble a lot of the reservations and the native communities around the country um but yet that's that's not a, a, a to say that we shouldn't have done something to take care of that that history but the stewardship of that history is something else we should talk about entirely like who actually manages the money for the casinos for the natives what what level of political sovereignty came along with us giving them that concession? Something we shouldn't fail on this go around. But if your if your ancestors were slaves, no matter what your race is, you should get reparations. Now the catch is your reparations are not going to be cash. We're not giving up ca- giving out cash because the country is thirty two trillion dollars in debt. There's no cash to give. We shouldn't take cash. Whether you're white, Asian, black descendant of a slave. You shouldn't take cash because the the currency is not stable. Okay? But one thing we could do, one thing we should do, is onshore American manufacturing. And we should use reparations as a bridge to onshore American manufacturing. And we should give out land. Land is something that would, 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 would well, would do well to repair any grievance in our American history. And in giving out that land, which probably would come through the federal government, once again, we would shrink the federal government. There is currently 645 million acres. 645 million acres of federally owned land. Almost three quarters of a billion acres federally owned land. And for all you Democrats out there, all you liberals, all you people who vote for this progressive, progressive fourth industrial revolution, globalist, omnisexual, metropolitan citizenship, these promises of prosperity and equity. Okay, that's a that's a key word for 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 the for the propaganda. Equity. For all of those who believe in equity, what's equal about the federal government stockpiling all this land that you can't buy. But they can make special concessions to sell parcels of federally owned, federal federal government owned land to certain exceptions. And what do you think those exceptions are going to be in the future? What do you think the exceptions are going to be where the federal government actually allocates and sells land to certain causes? I have a pretty good guess high up on the list. Number one would be environmentalism, climate change, right? Solar cities, satellite cities, uh, 15 minute line cities, so on and so forth. Those are going to be the places that are justified for the allocation of federally owned land, which you're not going to own, which you could surely come and live in at a small price, at a small cost monetarily but a huge cost in freedom, freedoms and rights. Instead, I believe, 
that the Republican Party and that the conservative movement should offer an alternative pitch, should offer an alternative, an alternative where you get land and you own the land and we are not in control of the land. We, we're, we're not giving you the land as a, as, a, um, as, a sort of, as a sort of bait and switch where we still actually own the land. I mean, no matter what nation you're in, you only own the land unless there's an emergency and the government with a much bigger military wants to come and take your land. And they throw the rule of law out like they've done now or like they did during COVID, and, and they're going to come take your land anyway. And at that point, no deed that you have is going to matter anyway. Your land is not your land. Your land is only in your ownership so far as you can defend your land from any invasion. And that invasion could be foreign or it could be domestic, right? Uh, it could even be local. I mean, we don't even have to go to the federal government or the American military. The sheriffs could, could come in and take dominion over your land in a heartbeat. So really there's an agreement that you own this, this parcel of land. And an agree it's an agreement that works well as long as America and the American dollar and the American government is working the way it's supposed to work. But that's starting to change now. So let's say we can save the country. Let's say we can stop a, a kangaroo court banana republic from breaking out all across the nation. Let's say we can stop our enemies from showing up on our borders. Let's say we can stop biological warfare, foreign or domestic, from wreaking havoc throughout and decimating the American population. Let's say we could do all of those things. Let's say we could achieve that. Let's say we can, we can, we can take a stand and hold all of those, those enemy forces off. We can keep them at bay. The question becomes, how do we refortify America in a way that doesn't leave us vulnerable like this going into the future? And one of the ways that we can do it and should do it is to uh, reestablish the power of the individual citizen and the sovereignty of the individual citizen and the sovereignty of the land ownership of each individual citizen. And how do we, how do we go, how do we make it a priority not to bastardize home ownership, business ownership, uh, land ownership, agricultural land ownership in this country through a grandiose, outgrown, incompetent, arrogant federal government. How do we do that? How do we do that? Um, hey, let's give people some land. We got a lot of it. We got a lot of it. Uh, I don't think you understand how much land we actually have. Let's give some people some land. Let's take the taxes off the land. Matter of fact, we need to do away with the taxes in general. The first way to shrink the federal government and give back power to the citizen is to shrink the tax. The taxes are out of control. And yeah, you could say, oh, well, you, you, know, you tax the corporation and the corporation has a monopoly and blah, 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 blah. Hey, listen, the taxes, the taxes are unconstitutional. I don't care which way you, 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 you split it. Only thing, the only thing that's happened in America is that our political elites, our medical elites, our military elites, our media elites have conspired to convince you that they know how to spend your money better than you did do because of their education and expertise. That's all that's happened in this country. That's why the tax is 50%. You work for a dollar, you give us 50% of it because we know how to spend it better than you do based on our expertise and education. Well, for a 50% trade-off for every dollar we make, you better have a 
damn good success rate of knowing how to spend that money. And we see through clear evidence, not only do you have a good success rate, your success rate is abysmal. It's terrible. The federal government has shown no consistent ability to properly spend our money. It's a fact. Okay. So the taxes need to go immediately. Let's give people some land. Let's do away with the taxes. Taxes. Let's create incentive for those new landowners, those new homeowners, those new agricultural owners, be they white, be they Asian, be they Mexican, be they black, be they whoever they are that got this reparations uh, due to the history of slavery in their, in their ancestors, uh, with their ancestors. Let's incentivize them to help us rebuild and refortify the stability of the American economy based on American manufacturing. Boom. Easy, easy concept, no cash. So I throw out a proposal like that and immediately you'll see people start to reject it. And we have to ask ourselves, who are these people? Who are these people who are so emotionally tied up in, in, in the political and social narrative one way or another that they can't hear perfectly sane, logical proposals? Are these people fit to lead? Are these people that we should follow? Are these people we should put our trust in? Are these people we should let dominate the conversation? Are these people we should even really let in the conversation? And I don't mean to kick anybody out. We're not going to censor you. But but when you come up to, to, to talk to me in person, I'm going to tell you, shut the fuck up in a heartbeat. Now, shut the fuck up. Go caucus with the Democrats, you cuck motherfucker. No problem. Hey, if you don't like it, you can fight me. You know, you can try and kill me. You do whatever you want to do. I mean, this is this is this is a society. The court of public opinion is the court of public opinion. When we're out there in the, in the court, shit goes down. And that's how it's supposed to be, right? People have different opinions. People have different ways. They want to handle the difference in opinion. I don't mind that at all. What I don't like is this sort of creeping normalcy of cultural, a, a, a cultural creeping normalcy of being complacent. Being complacent with the corruption of the status quo. That, that I have a problem with. That I'm willing to sacrifice my safety to change. That I'm willing to sacrifice my freedom to change. That I'm willing to sacrifice my life to change. The creeping normalcy of corruption in the status quo is something we cannot become complacent with, and we have. And we're willing to give all these excuses why we're complacent. And even around reparations, it's easy. You're not, listen, you're not going to outbid the Democrats. You think... You, you conservative, you, you, you Republicans around the country think you're going to talk about the economy broadly, the economy in, the, in, in, in a broad sense, and outbid the Democrats? The Democrats are not pitching the success of an economy based on the dollars in people's bank accounts. That's not real. What they're inferring, what they're, what they're insinuating, what they're giving the unspoken uh, what the unspoken message that is being sent to the American people, especially in the black community, is as we expand the federal government, watch your boat rise. Watch the technology get better so you can have more convenience to be jacked into the new technocratic future. And you don't need to own anything. It's a simple fucking equation. When the New World Order and the WEF are offering 
to give people an incredible high where they can be happy and own nothing, what is the obvious counter strategy? To give people ownership. Duh. If I have to say it again, I'm going to start slapping some of you dumb motherfuckers. It's a very, very simple equation. The World Economic Forum and our global elites that want a metropolitan, omnisexual, technocratic society with global citizenship, you're going to be happy and own nothing. We're going to make the high good. We're going to take your ownership. We're going to take your citizenship. We're going to take your rights. We're going to take your sovereignty. What is the obvious counter strategy, strategy to that? We're going to give you ownership. We're going to give you a stake. We're going to endear you to the land. What's the fastest way to endure, endear a man to his land and his country is to give him a piece of it. It's a very simple fucking equation. And all of you conservative cucks that jump right out of your seat and go, I will never be in support of reparations. You're starting to show us who you are. You're the same people who are never Trumpers. You're the same people who in secret, who in secret go into the BPOUs and the Senate District Committees and conspire for us to support Ron DeSantis because Donald Trump just may not be electable. You're the same people who allowed the Republican establishment to come to you and get you to pledge your allegiance to anybody other than Trump. You're the same people who, who quietly don't like it when Donald Trump came out there on the stage in front of the black crowd and said, y'all help build the country. You're just now starting to get credit for that. You're the same people who every time Donald Trump makes inroads to, to, to gain and win and change the black vote, you go behind him and say some stupid off the wall shit that creates more cultural division. You're the same people. You're the same people who didn't like when Fred Hampton was in Chicago and he went to make an alliance with the young lords and the young patriots. And yeah, they were on the left side of the spectrum, but it's the same, it's the same tactic. It's the same tactic from the corrupt middle. It's the same tactic from the corrupt centrists. It's the centrists who are the threat. It's the centrists who are the problem. It's the centrists who are the purveyors of a corrupt status quo. It's the centrists who are keeping us from coming together in this country. And they're using the fringe whenever they can, however they can, to accomplish that goal. That's what we are in danger of. We are in danger of the managed decline of the corrupt center and the corrupt status quo from the centrists in this country. That's the problem here. It's clear. The centrists want to tell us, hey, hey, that's a little too extreme over that way. Come on back to the middle. Oh, that's a little too extreme over that way. Come on back to the middle. And somehow they all agree. They all agree that Donald Trump is the enemy. And I consistently see black people all across the country come, come to the, to the, to the town square. They come to the, the public square. They come to the campfire with nothing but, but, but compliments on Donald Trump. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you see a, a scramble to, 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 to clear them out. Oh, we could definitely, not only could we, we should. We should come up with a reparations package. We should come up with a reparations package 
that endears the 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 uh, the descendants of slaves, whatever race they may be, to their land by giving them a new peace and the restoration of American manufacturing and the stability and security of our country because our border is wide the fuck open and it's not just open down in Juarez. Our border's not just open down in Mexico. Our border's not just open up there in Canada. Our border is open right there on the east and west coast. Our border is open right there in Washington, D.C. Our border is wide open to economic, economic warfare. Asymmetrical economic warfare. We're at war. We're at war, foreign and domestic. And there are, just like there are black bourgeoisie sellouts who are getting paid handsomely to tell black people they should accept global citizenship, there are American bourgeoisie sellouts, aristocrats, who are getting paid handsomely to make every American citizen think that we should accept a China-centric global citizenship. When did Donald Trump, they got up on stage and said, I'm not making any money in the Ukraine. You are. I'm not getting paid by the Russians. You are. I'm not getting paid by the Chinese. You are. Joe Biden. Those things we found out to be true. So why would we allow, why would we allow the China? I mean, I still, I still, you know, all of you people out there who don't like this reparations proposal, first off, you can go fuck yourself. Go caucus with the Democrats because I know who you are. I know who you are and I know what you're doing. First of all, at the high end, it's malicious and it's and it's it's nefarious. On the low end, you're just fucking stupid. Either way, I told you, it doesn't matter if you're ignorant or in on it to me. The, the net result is still the same and my response is still the same. Fuck you. If you're dumb and I give you the information and you still can't process it, I can't spend much time giving it to you any more plain than this. It is a matter of national security to let the Chinese manufacture our motherfucking antibiotics. It is a matter of national security to let the Chinese manufacture and produce a large amount of the steel that we use in this country. It is a matter of national security to let the Chinese manufacture and import a good majority of the rubber that we use in this country. It is a matter of national security to let the Chinese manufacture, import, or, or develop any number of electronics, electronic devices that we use in this country. All of this is a matter of national security. And the question, the question that black people and white people have to come together and ask themselves, is our racial animus towards one another more important than saving the country? Is it more important than coming under the tyranny of the CCP? Is it more important than letting the freedoms and rights and constitution that protect American citizenship? Is it more important than letting those things go up in a ball of flames because they are currently on fire? All of those things are currently on fire. You're going to let the CCP, you're going to let the CCP, our mortal national enemy, manufacture the fucking antibiotics rather than create a nice a nice american um, american spirited reparations package where we give people land and we tell them go fortify the nation 
And see, none of you have a problem, and, and, and none of you white conservatives out there who have a problem with this, none of you have a problem with black men going into the service. None of you have a problem with black men uh, uh, being soldiers. See, but you don't yet understand that the culture war, the political war, the economic war we're in is an asymmetrical war. It's actually a war. And if you start to view it like a war now, you could hopefully uh, see the benefit and the advantage of giving black people the weapons to go fortify the country, you Cuck motherfuckers. I didn't have slaves. Black people on the other side. I can't get ahead because of slavery and white supremacy. Cuck motherfuckers. Both sides. Makes me sick. Makes me sick. Me bickering back and forth. Meanwhile, the CCP is bending you over and having their way. They're laughing at us. They're laughing at us that black and white people are having this 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 dispute that we can't that we can't come come you know come through. We're having this dispute that we can't get over in this country. They're laughing at us. They're laughing that our political that our that our politics are stifled by this narrative, by this conversation. They're laughing at us. And mostly they're laughing at black people. I'm going to be honest. Mostly they're laughing at black people cuz to to them it, you black folks aren't going to get no special treatment in China. I can guarantee you that. And when America, and, and if China, if China is successful in destroying America like they say they want to, they're not handing it over to you black folks. You think the CCP would would watch the slow, the slow and managed decline of America as a nation and eventually see it completely, completely run? by people who are loyal to the CCP and the China-centric global uh, society, global community, and they're going to hand it off to black people? To go a level further, they may even put a black face up there. That don't mean it's going to have any net positives or benefits for black people. We already saw that with Barack Obama. Who do you think he was? Who do you think Barack Obama was? This is who he was. This is what it was. We already had a black face of a China-centric global society, of a China-centric global political movement. We already had that happen. Sure, they may put a black person up there like Kamala Harris or Michelle Obama or AOC or Ilhan Omar, that don't mean it's going to have any net positive or net benefit for black people. Are you people kidding me? You want to go to a China-centric citizenship? You want to go to a China-centric global citizenship? Are you fucking kidding me? And white folks, because y'all didn't own slaves personally, you can't wrap your mind around a reparations package that has no cash impact on you so we can give black people all across the country the incentive to go refortify the nation. Are you fucking kidding me? Meanwhile, you come down with fucking bronchitis and you run to the doctor and get a prescription for a fucking Z-Pack that's manufactured in China. Are you fucking stupid? Go fuck yourself. I'm sick of it. I'm, I'm sick. All of you motherfuckers, get the fuck out. Go caucus with the fucking Democrats. And this is something else that came up in the Whitlock uh, Twitter space yesterday is, is, is how politics is a matter of, of uh, sales, right? 
the, the, the great commercialization of American politics and how every good politician has to be a, a good salesperson and how you have to come in with, 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 you have to lead with kindness. You can't insult the person who you want to sell something to. You can't insult the customer. Fuck that. I'm selling a product that sells itself. It's called the truth. Either you want it or I don't want you as a customer. And that's the real, that is the real, uh, 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 that is the real way that, that American leaders should think, should have always thought, but certainly need to think like today. That is how leadership must be measured today. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm not here to tell you what's going to keep you around. I'm not here to tell you what's going to make you feel good. I'm going to tell you exactly what the fuck you need to hear. And if you can't handle it, then go ahead and, 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 and you know, listen to somebody else. Go listen to fucking Hannity. Go listen to fucking uh, Jesse Waters. Jesse's all right. He's okay. He's okay. But they clip Tucker for a reason, right? We, we all know the deal. Go listen to fucking Sean King or Jamel Hill or I don't know who the fuck you people even listen to. It's hard for me to comprehend who you people even really are listening to. Who raised you is what they used to say in the neighborhood. This is what my, my, uh, some of my elders would have said. Who, who raised you? Who raised you? Who taught you that shit? Who taught you how to do? Why, how are you walking around like this? What are you reading, listening to, watching? That has you people walking around with this type of uh, this 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 approach, this mentality around your citizenship, your civic duty, your civic responsibility. Who are you watching, listening to, or reading? What are you reading? What are you what are you listening? What are you what are you consuming that has you walking around like this? <coughs> the pathway is clear. Donald Trump with the American, the American restoration, the American, the American manufacturing reparations package. Oh, it's so sweet. I can taste the victory. I can taste the victory. Maybe all you can say, hey, Royce, go fuck yourself. That's ridiculous. It's delusional. It doesn't make any sense. Who's going to oversee the land? Give me a fucking break. And as part of, as a part of this American manufacturing uh, uh, reparations proposal, the first people's land we're going to get are the Chinese. Sorry. Sorry, we're at war. They had no problems putting sanctions on Russia. They all have no problems putting sanctions on Ru Ron DeSantis, Mike Pence, Nikki fucking Haley, who is the, the rhino of rhinos. I mean, it's almost disgusting how, how anybody would stand up and clap for Nikki Haley. She's a fucking, she is a fucking... She is a complete fucking caricature of some pipe dream that some political elite donors want to pass off as, as some conservative woman that you all can put your faith in. It's fucking horrifying. I can't even believe I can't even believe that she has any support. The fact that Nikki Haley has any support is a, a telltale sign of just how just how fucked up our American mindset has become. I mean, you're talking about a woman who should walk up on stage and garner no support whatsoever. <coughs> the fact that she has any support is, is an indictment of us.
It's an indictment of all of us, not just the people who support her. It's all of us. Because we shouldn't even accept that, that, that shallow level of, of political participation. It's ridiculous. It's not because she's a woman. It's because she's a fucking moron. And she's a sellout. And she's running around with big bank donors and, and, and trying to get as much, as much political capital as she possibly can by pledging her allegiance to anybody but Donald Trump. And really, what the, the deal they're really doing is they're going to pledge their allegiance to anybody but Donald Trump with the contingency that if he wins, how can we smuggle one of these rhino motherfuckers or a group of these rhino motherfuckers right there into his inner circle? VP, advisors, and so on and so forth. There's some type of deal. They're already putting, they're already putting in place, rest assured. They're already putting the contingency in place. Let's say he wins. Let's say he wins the primary, which it seems he's a Sherlock to do. Let's say he wins the presidency. How can we railroad this man in this last in his last term? <laughs> and while he's in his last term, we'll try and stifle him until we can get past Donald Trump. Because once Donald Trump is off the board, imagine what the political narrative and dialogue is going to be like. This man has dominated the political discourse for the better part of the last decade. Since 2016, Donald J. Trump has dominated the political discourse. Like him, love him or hate him, doesn't matter. He's dominated the... What's going to happen when he's no longer on the board? When it's no longer him to talk about? Who's the new person they're going to spend all their time getting you to hate, conspiring against? Doesn't, doesn't that speak... Doesn't that speak to the, the, the legitimacy of Donald Trump right there? That all this energy has been invested in trying to stop him? All this energy has been invested in talking about him constantly, 24-7, 365 days a year, from all these same media institutions that all of you say we shouldn't trust, you agree we shouldn't trust? But when they talk about Donald Trump, oh, we should trust it. When they talk about the war between Russia and Ukraine, we should trust it. When they talk about COVID, we should trust it. When they talk about deep state surveillance, 58 intelligence community officials that signed a letter to say Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation and could have actually provoked a war with a nuclear superpower, we, we trust it. We trust that. Come on, people. Grow the fuck up. Grow the fuck up. I'm sick of it. I'm done with it. Either we're going to grow the fuck up, either we're going to grow the fuck up or we're going to ship the fuck out or we're going to get crushed beneath the fucking boot. And I hear all of you fucking cucks online and in the comments saying, I, I love the podcast. I, I love everything but the F word. Go fuck yourself. Fuck you. Fuck off. You can't take the F word. You can't take the F word, but you're, but you're cool. You're okay with the F word being in your books that are getting smuggled into your schools through federally funded uh, uh, or state-funded uh, educational curriculums and, and district, uh, uh, you know, oversight. <coughs> You're okay with any 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 manner of perversion that's going on through the public school system. You're okay with your churches, your 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 places of worship, your your faith institutions selling out to the federal government for a tax exempt status and not talking on political issues while the Christianity of this country goes right down the drain. You're okay with that, but you can't take the F word. Fuck you. Fuck you, you lying piece of shit. 
You're just as bad as the communists. You're just as bad as the socialists. You're just as bad as the Marxists. You're just as bad as the corrupt centrists. You're just as bad as them. When you, when you, when you come to the public square with that milk toast, soft ass shit in a time of war, you're no, get, get the, get the fuck, get the fuck out of my way. You see, that's, that's me coming through. Get, get the fuck out of here. Because when you're at war and bullets are flying, I don't have time to come and coddle you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to kill you <laughs> if I can help it. Right. If I, if I can help it, I'm not going to kill you. I don't want to hurt you, but you're definitely getting get the fuck out of my way. You dumb motherfucker, you're going to get us killed. And it's a real diagnosis of the American mindset, even on the conservative side, that we still find time to bitch and moan about things like profanity. But the Federal Reserve is going to turn you into a surf they already have. And you're worried about profanity? Like almost as if, hey, I'm okay with being a surf as long as I can stay away from profanity. <laughs> what? What? I mean, okay, hey, if that's the way you if that's the way you're rocking, fine. But it's certainly not what our American founding fathers had in mind for us. In fact, what the American founding fathers wrote in the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights and the United States Constitution can only be can only be described as radical. Oh, they were radical. Gripping, riveting language cannot be described as anything other than extremely radical politically. Because to defect from the great British empire that the sun never sets on, one's mentality would have to be radical. You thought the British empire was big. You thought the sun never set on the British empire. Imagine, 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 imagine the shadow that will be cast by a China-centric global community. Global hegemony between D.C., Davos, and Beijing. Imagine when the sun would set on that empire. <coughs> They're taking the word empire to a whole new level. What is American citizenship? American citizenship is America. America and our citizenship was supposed to be protected through a nation of shopkeepers with the with the a nation of shopkeepers and the second amendment the right to bear arms when you pair a nation of shopkeepers with the right to bear arms you create you create a safeguard against economic imperialism when you take a nation of shopkeepers with the second amendment and you pair them together you create a safeguard against economic imperialism. Slowly, we've given up our nation of shopkeepers. Slowly, we've given up our right to bear arms. Black people. Oh, they use black people as a cudgel uh, with, against the right to bear arms, don't they? All we got to show you is a bunch of black men. I, I think it was... 
I think it was Ronald Reagan who said that no American citizen should be walking around with a loaded gun. I think it was Ronald Reagan who said no American citizen should be walking on the streets with a loaded gun. How deep does this rabbit hole go? I know, I know, I know. You don't want us to criticize Reagan. Reagan can't be. He's the saint of the Republican Party. You can't criticize him. No American citizen should be walking the streets with a loaded gun. Hmm. No, no fault divorce in California. And I'm not going at the legacy of Reagan because every president could be brought uh, under a, 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 an intense level of scrutiny. And you could pick out a bunch of things that, that you should rightfully disagree with them on or that you may disagree with them on. Or that you, you know, you 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 can disagree with them on. Of course, you 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 can do that. We all could do that for any president, whether Republican, Democrat, or otherwise. Of course, we can do that. But I'm what I'm what I'm what, what I bring Reagan up for is to to help highlight the cultural allegiance to these political platforms that no longer serve where we are in America right now, in the war that we find ourselves in right now. I mean, we may need to go a little bit further back than Reagan for the, for the, 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 the header of our political platform. Don't you think? Let's go back to Jefferson. Let's go back to Hamilton. Let's go back to, to some, some real hitters, some real philosophical, intellectual, political hitters. Let's get back to the basics. Are you a citizen or not? What does it mean to be a citizen? What are the dangers to citizenship? Let's get back to it. And when we get back to that place, I think we will find the, the decisions in front of us that need to be made, at least from a spiritual and philosophical and, and intellectual and political standpoint, become much, much easier. They become much, much easier to decisions to make. Up or down vote on Donald Trump? Is it even a question? Of course it's an up vote on Donald Trump. Look what the tyrants are doing. Look at the level of corruption the tyrants are willing to go to get rid of him. Of course it's an up vote for Donald Trump. Easy. Next thing. How do we create American independence in the face of what looks to be the start of a third world war? How do we solidify? How do we fortify? How do we create a, a, a sustainable America? Are electric vehicles sustainable for us right now in the middle of a war where all the raw materials for the, for the EV batteries come from the Congo and the electronics and the coverings and the, and the, and the, and the, uh, and the nuts and the bolts come from China? Is that smart? Is it smart for me to need, for the things that I need in my house, for me to have to go get from the corner store every time I have to get them? I mean, you know, all throughout the day. And, and then that brings up a, a, a better point. Once we, once we create some sovereignty and some, some individual, some individual uh, um, once we create some independence, reestablish some independence here in America as a nation, the next priority is to create uh, some independence in the citizen. 
Yeah, grow your own food. You should have a tiny garden that you can tend to, that you can draw fruit, food from, that you can draw produce from and go straight from, from farm to table, <coughs> from yard to table. You should be able, each, each American citizen, get out of those fucking apartment buildings. Get out of those fucking, and no, nobody wants you, no, no, nobody wants to say that. Nobody wants to tell you that. Why? Because the, the commercial real estate business is a big business. And there are certain tax loops in the real estate business that allow you to not file a tax, uh, not have a taxable event uh, as long as you have a property that has renters. For example, if I buy a house and I sell a house, it's a taxable event. If I buy a house and I rent it out, it's not a taxable event. So the entire commercial and residential real estate market is huge for renters and apartments are huge, huge cash cows. That's why there's apartments in every metropolitan city. You see there is no shortage of apartment buildings that are going up all over the place. Get the fuck out of those apartments. You don't need to, We don't need a bunch of people stacked up in fucking apartments. We need people with, with, with reasonable, modest parcels of land that can farm their own food and fortify the, the stability and the security of this nation through the sovereignty and the, the, the productivity of each American citizen. A nation of shopkeepers. A nation of shopkeepers Fortified by the Second Amendment, it creates a safeguard against economic imperialism. You take 300 million productive citizens, you give them their own land, you give them their own way to create food, you give them their own way to create energy. You give them their own way to create energy and you tell me what nation is going to be big and bad enough to step foot on our soil, to fuck with us on the world stage. Nobody's going to want to fuck with us. That's what I want to bring to the American citizen, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're Asian, whether you're Native American, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're African, whether you're Middle Eastern. I don't care whether you're Jewish, you're, you're Christian, you're Muslim. You're, I don't care. What I want to bring to American citizens, what I want to bring back to American citizens and our citizenship is that that level of nobody wants to fuck with us. Nobody wants to fuck with us. Not because we'll come and drop a fucking hydrogen bomb on you. No, not that. You don't want to fuck with us because we have a culture here in America. We have, we have, a, 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 we have a mentality here in America. We have a, a, a profound sense of citizenship here in America that makes almost every single American citizen a force to be reckoned with economically, politically, spiritually, culturally. Communally, familially, our citizenship is a, our citizens are forced to be reckoned with. And we've all but given that over. And there is this belief, there is this concession that the shift of culture could not move rapidly back in a direction that gives that back to the American people, that gives that back to the America, to, to America as a nation. There is this belief in this concession that we can't regain that. That psychology, that brainwashing, that psyop is coming straight from the political elites that mean to sell you out. They want to tell you we can't go back. That's why they have such a, a hostility and animus towards make America great again. 
They want you to believe we can't go back to a time when America was much more independent, when, when America was much more self-sufficient, when America's borders were, were open, but on our terms. Where our military reigns supreme, not because of our advancements in science and technology or bioweapons and gain of function. We weren't, we weren't, the, we weren't the big dog on the yard because of our, of our nerdiness, okay? Sorry for lack of a better term. We weren't the big dog on the yard because of the nerds getting together in a room and outsmarting the nerds from their country. No, we were the big dog on the yard because we had black communities across the country that were helping build tanks. That were helping build cars, that were helping build the metal that, that fashioned all of the things that made our military a well-oiled machine. Black communities in Detroit. Black, remember, remember, Roosevelt said if Hitler had a way to get his bombs to Detroit, Michigan, if Hitler had a way to strike Detroit, Michigan, Hitler goes on to rule the entire world. The one problem that the Nazis had is that they could not reach Detroit, Michigan, and that's where we were making our planes and our tanks. Tell me where our planes and tanks are made now. Tell me where the components and the parts for our planes and tanks are made now. Tell me where the chips are made now. Is this not a matter of national security? And are you not willing to sacrifice any racial animus that you may still hold in your heart to, 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 to close off? To close off that vulnerability, to close off that, that loophole, to close off um, that, you know, that opening. That 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 crack in the in the levee, that crack in the armor, that hole in the wall, that hole in our defenses. Are we not willing to put a, a put put these petty these petty culture wars aside in the interest of 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 all of our security? And and that's what you should expect from your leaders. Don't don't accept anything less. Don't go for the don't go for the 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 leader who wants to who wants to get you emotional on some bullshit wedge issue. Because the wedge issues will take care of themselves. Yeah, we're gonna take care of the LGBTQ thing. Yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna let you teach LGBTQism to fucking kids. Especially not gonna be teaching it to kids who can't even read well enough yet. Especially when they're going and competing with Chinese students, when you're going to force them to compete in the workplace with Chinese students who aren't going to waste any time with LGBTQism. No, we're not going to let that. We're not going to let that shit fly anymore. No, nope, done. You want to dress? You want to be a man dressed like a woman? Fine, have at it. You want to go home and have set? You want to have ten guys in a room? Uh, you know, playing. Uh, you know, pin the tail on the donkey. Fine, you go ahead and do it. It's America. It's a free country but we're not going to let it be the prevailing or dominating political idea. We're not going to let it be the moral compass of our entire nation. And even more importantly, we're not going to let it be the main stage, main stage distraction from the war that we're in, a vital war, a pivotal war that we're in. We're not going to do it. Done. End of story. Don't need to talk about it no more. Let's get down to this real shit. Why the fuck are we letting the Chinese make our antibiotics? It's a matter of national security.
Our nose is wide open. Our ass is wide open. Wide open. No pun intended. Our nose is wide the fuck open. Like the first pretty girl that talks to you in, in, in high school. The first pretty girl that shows you some attention and flirts with you in high school. Our nose is wide the fuck open. I'm at Target. I'm at Target and they've installed 24, 24 drive up, 24 drive up, uh, 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 you know, spaces, 24 drive up spaces in the parking lot. What do you think that's for? Ask yourself, drop it in the comments. Let's see if you're paying a fucking attention. Why do you think that Target would go out of its way with new construction to make 24 drive-up uh, parking spaces, 24 drive-up stations in the parking lot? Is it because Fauci and Biden and Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and a bunch of other people have said time and time again that there will be another pandemic. It's almost like they're certain. Imagine, imagine the level of, 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 of certainty you would have to have. Imagine the level of predictability, almost a, a mysterious level of predictability. That huge corporations like Target would start to rearrange their real estate format, rearrange their investment, rearrange their 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 customer business interaction in the interest of, on the information of, on the authority of who? On the authority of who, exactly? Our nose is wide open. We have to get our hands back around this situation. We have to get the reins back on this federal government. We have to get the reins back on our elected officials. We have to get the reins back on DC. We have to get the reins back on this entire political landscape and we have to do it right now. Actually, we were supposed to, we should have done it back in 2016. We should have done it in 2020. Time's up. Time's up. This is the last transmission. These are the final days of freedom. These are the final days of free speech. These are the final days of free expression. These are the final days of being able to speak out against the establishment. These are the final days of being able to speak out against the elite. So you better get creative. If there's a box that you're living in, you better get the fuck outside of it. Because if there is a prison, if there is a box that you are allowing to, to capture your mind right now, it is doing nothing but getting you ready for the box that they plan to imprison you in in the future. A real box. Right now, your chains are your choice. But if you don't break those chains, those psychological chains, that, that box in your mind that you can't think outside of, if you don't break that box, if you don't break those chains, there will be real chains waiting for you in the future. There will be a real box waiting for you in the future. There will be a real 
imprisonment waiting for you in the future. And if you if you can't see it, if you don't believe that to be the case, if you if you have a doubt about that, you need no further than to look right there in Xinjiang, China, and understand the internment camps, the indoctrination camps, the the re-education camps, the, the re-education quote unquote camps are a shining example of what you are going to experience in a China-centric global citizenship, in a China-centric global community, in a China-centric one world government. You think the Chinese came up with that on their own? You think they came up with internment camps on their own? You think the Chinese, you think the CCP is doing this on their own? If you think that, then you really underestimate how infectious the Marxist and communist worldview really is. You really underestimate how infectious ideology can really be. And again, you're wholly, wholly unequipped to, to lead this movement, to lead any fucking movement. If you don't, if you think the Chinese, if you think the CCP came up with this shit all on their own, you don't understand the power of Marxism and communism yet. So to recap, you don't want to do a reparations package for all races that has nothing to do with cash and isn't going to be any bigger of a tax on you because we're going to go to no taxes because the taxes themselves create a, 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 an outgrown federal government that bastardizes your citizenship. So you're not willing to do that, but you're willing to take antibiotics from an openly Marxist and communist government. This has been another episode of Please Call Me Crazy brought to you by Free People Radio and powered by our favorite sponsor. Tiregate.com. You all have to buy tires from somebody. You might as well buy them from else. us. Help fund the movement. Help support the movement. We believe in the freedom of movement, and that's exactly what the establishment wants to take from you now. I am your host, Royce White, here in the belly of the beast, Minneapolis, Minnesota. I want to give another special thank you, another, another shout-out to the War Room, the whole crew over there at War Room, Steve Bannon, Maureen Bannon, Grace Chong for streaming the podcast every night. We really appreciate that. I want to thank the War Room Posse for continuing to tune in. I want to thank the entire Fearless audience and the Fearless Army and Jason Whitlock and the entire Fearless team. I want to thank Alex Jones and the entire InfoWars team. I want to thank everybody at Blaze. I want to thank everybody who's thrown in to fight against this corrupt establishment. I want to thank you, the viewers and the listeners, for your viewership and listenership today and in the future. It's time. It's time. We're, we're right there at the, at the brink. We're right there on the edge of the cliff. Actually, we're hanging on by, by, by fingertips. We're already off the cliff. We're hanging on the edge by fingertips. It's time to grow the fuck up. Grow the fuck up and get ready to make some big sacrifices personally, spiritually, and physically in order to save this country. And if not, get ready for prison. Get ready for slavery. Get ready for death. Get ready for tyranny. The fight continues. Don't die a jerk off. And as always, Godspeed.